y'all, this is Sarah Kate. Welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast, where we are trying to figure out how to love like Jesus one conversation at a time. Now, when we left off the last episode, I said that that was part one of a two-part conversation because we just were having such an in-depth discussion that we couldn't stop recording. This is part two of our conversation of loving other Christians with different theological beliefs. We hope you enjoyed the episode. So, a little more specifically, and Sam, I, I want to ask you this. As a Christ father, what type of lens do you think that we should have when we look at people that worship we worship differently than we do? Yeah, you know, we talk about the tools for your toolbox and, and how to, you know, what kind of tangible things you can use to to help. I think we need macro vision. We need to be looking at things from a macro level, right? Like we all believe in Christ. That's the macro. Mm -hmm. Don't get caught up in the micro, right? And if we can, and same with other religions, right? So whatever, if you're Buddhist, whatever your primary focus is, stay with that. And love those people because they're part of that focus. Not because they have all these differences that they do a sacrament or they do this on Sunday or they worship this way. That's irrelevant. That, those are details. The, the biggest thing is a, that macro vision of we all share this commonality. And I think if you can get to that in any belief system, then you're really appreciating. You, you say your brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, that's because you follow the biggest premise, not because you're worried about the little details. And I think that is uh, a tool I would definitely bring to the table uh, if we want to grow closer and and learn to love people that think differently within our own belief system yeah um i have a prayer book that's it it has like a daily prayer office but it's um got hymns and these stories that are compiled from churches all across the globe and there's something in the foreword that i will never forget reading it for the first time i was standing in my friend's living room she had a copy and i'd opened it up and I'm reading the foreword and they were talking about, we believe it's so important that like we've gathered it from like the Quaker tradition. There are African-American spirituals. There's hymns from churches over in China. And they said, we believe it's so important to have all of these in one place because when Christ comes back, he's not coming back for a harem. He's coming back for a bride. Mm-hmm. And it just completely reframed for me when I first read it, this idea that, yeah, we are one church. We are mm-hmm. one bride of Christ. It, the theological differences don't matter. They, not to say that the way we practice and hold our churches doesn't matter, but we are one church. Absolutely. We are unified. Yep. Despite theological differences, despite differences in how we practice, we are one church. The this, this, The harsh reality of it is is that the different denominations and things like that, I believe at least were a tool of Satan. Like, right, mm-hmm. like he 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 didn't come down and divide the church completely where it was like, yeah. you know, you're the good people and the bad people and then, you know, whatever. I mean, he like divided the church and yeah. just made them get, get, up, get away from each other yeah. by a couple degrees, right? And so then we have all these different, um, specifics you know subgroups now that come out these different denominations that come out yeah um so i think that we need to be really conscious of that 
as we as we know first off that satan's goal is to divide us mm -hmm. like his yep. intention is yep. to keep us divided yeah. so denominations are a way for satan to win right i don't mean the idea of denominations but us acknowledging the division the, right right us creating conflict yeah. within the different denominations is what satan wants right we can how we decide that we want to worship and preach and whatever else you know as long as it is honoring the one who created it right then we should not take up arms or be upset with other people that you know are, are doing it differently or different groups are doing it differently however you know there might be times where we need to have a conversation with somebody yeah right where we need to have maybe where somebody has you know you heard them say something in a group or maybe that they shared something or whatever and they're you know well yeah but this is my interpretation or this is what i understand so first off do you think that it is healthy or is it right for us to confront somebody who we might believe is saying something or is off and then how how would we do that like what would be the best way to go about that well i think um we have to be very careful because you know that you know god tells us not to judge other people and uh, and what they're thinking but if we can point them back to, like I said, the, the bigger premise, I, you know, and make sure that they understand it's coming from a place that we're, we're all brothers and sisters, yeah. not a place of, hey, I'm trying to prove you right or wrong, right? Uh, and maybe, t you know, touching on that and building that comfort zone before you have the conversation is probably key. Uh, because I, I would say just normal conversations you have to talk to people and let them know you care so that they will let their guard down and absorb information that's just that's just us being human beings right where we get our feelings hurt very often and we take things too personal so if you can start well, hey like i know we're brothers and sisters in christ and we both believe in god just can you tell me a little bit about this i think that's a, a good way to approach um an issue that you know you could feel that's really um detrimental to their belief system one thing i i use i always say about different denominations i totally agree with you about the whole sin and the devil dividing us through this the devil doesn't go after the super super strong belief system because he's not going to win there and the complete non-believer because they he's already won there he goes for the swing we're the swing boat right. he's going for the middle because that's the people he knows yeah. he can divide it, it just makes sense right like we are we can't if we're in the middle there and we're open and uh that's who he's going on that's who satan knows he's got a chance right he already won on the non-believer and the the super extreme believer he's probably not gonna get to he's gonna get to the people that waver and go up and down and struggle and have foothold that's why he attacks your weak points right that's why he divides you within religion with your own belief system He's finding ways to beat you up or have you beat other people up because he's winning that way. So I love your point about um, the denominational differences causes can cause conflict and that allows him to gain a foothold. Yeah, my best friend has been known to say that the Protestant Reformation is the worst thing to happen to the church. Depending on the day, I yeah. partially agree <laughs> with him. Um, but yeah, it's, it is all that, that division that just keeps lingering and sitting i think the biggest part of it is just coming back to that point of unity all right i think absolutely call people out when they're 
maybe acting a little a little out of line like not even necessarily theologically but like hey is this how christ calls us to act like not even yeah. theological differences yeah. like hey you're being a jerk right now have you considered that that's not the way of christ and maybe you shouldn't do that um but again even that is bringing it back to this unifying point right you and i both believe in christ which means you and i both read the same gospel which means you and i both read the same way christ interacts with people and the same verses where he calls us to be like him it's going back to those common those shared things kind of like we talked about last time with uh different belief systems finding finding the things that you share and respect in those it's the same thing in our faith all right listen we might not agree on this issue but what is the thing we do agree on jesus christ is who he says he was did what he said he did is gonna do what he says he's gonna do amen let's let's move forward out of that and we still might reach a little different branch but we can at least find the point where we disagree and maybe it's not actually the thing that we're talking about that we disagree on maybe it's a little bit further back and maybe it is a bigger issue or maybe it's not yeah i think that um you know there's i think there's some questions you know that uh, that we could ask yeah even like in like this because i know and these are questions that i just came up with like this isn't like a you know i didn't it's not in a book or anything but like these are these are questions that i've found to be very helpful um especially when you it, like if you do get into one of those conversations and you're like Man, like i'm really i'm really having trouble kind of reconcile where you're coming from with this but you know one of the questions is um i think that so often and i've talked to people that are like this but they'll read well this is what the bible says and these this is what the black ink on the white page says so this is what it is and I feel like there's, I mean, yes, we believe that scripture is God breathed and, you yes. know, it is the word of God, but like when it comes down to interpreting it, right. It, it's how does this, how does what you believe line up with the character of God? Like if we look at God in the totality, right, Sam, you mentioned the macro, right. You, if we see God who like who God is, yeah. how does, how you're like manifesting this, like, how does it line up with the character of who God is? Like what other ways can we see God living out this character in whatever it is? And does it seem like, like, does it seem like something that God would do or say, right? And, and listen, there are things that God does and things that he says that we'll never understand. And I'm good with that. But as it comes down to kind of how that stuff manifests itself, I think it, like, especially when it comes down to how we practice, yeah. I think is a good question. <clears throat> I've got one other question. <laughs> Sorry. Are you good? Yeah. <clears throat> So I've got one other, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my voice just decided to kick out. We're just gonna take a little water break. Yeah. Uh, anyways, make sure you're subscribed on all channels where you are. <laughs> um, follow us on wow. Instagram. Uh, I don't remember. I was not, I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh gosh. So another question that I think is very helpful is, so if I'm right or you're wrong, or if, you do this differently and i do this differently is anyone going to lose their salvation mm -hmm. like yeah <clears throat> you know is is it really going to impede somebody's connection with god if the, if we speak in tongues and we don't yeah is anybody going to not be saved because of it you know and that brings me to the other tool <laughs> uh, the other tool i was thinking about was Obviously, that macro vision is a tool, uh, but I also think, it, 
this tool can be used in a million different ways, but especially here is the tool of humility, right? Mm -hmm. Humility, like it's not our job to be right. You don't need to prove to this other Christian that our way is right. We're both Christians. Like there's no right. That's your pride kicking in, showing that you have to be right here. Like you said, we're still going to the same place. We still believe in God. We still have all these great things. There is no, like, if you believe in your heart that you're Catholic and baptism is that's your way at birth, I don't get to change that. Do I scripturally probably disagree? Yeah, in my point in my life. But I'm going to focus on, you know, humbly, you know, expressing my point. But not having to be right about it, right? Just give your give your opinion, but never make it about right or wrong. Make it about education. Well, and I really like what you just said too. You probably would disagree at this point in your life, and I think maybe that's something we need to come back to in a later episode because we would be here for another hour on that. But at this point in your life, like even at at my ripe young age, I have changed some things in my sure. theological standpoints. And I think maybe that's part of faith as we're, as we're digging into scriptures, we're walking with Christ, our views on things maybe shift a little bit. And I think that's an important con- part of this conversation too. <clears throat> like I, I may have actually shared your theological viewpoint five years ago, yeah, but I don't now. And I, I think <clears throat> we should come back to that in a later episode. Well, and a lot of that comes from revelation, right? Like, yeah. and God doesn't reveal something to us until we're ready to see it. Right? Absolutely. Which is, kind of interesting too, which then should instill in us even more the idea of being patient while God is working in yeah, that person. Yeah, That's yeah. And I'm, we should have mentioned this at the beginning, right? But like the main factor in it is that if somebody is seeking after Christ, right. like then if there's something there that doesn't belong, like the Holy Spirit can work that out if they're in earnest, you know, seeking out that relationship with, right. with God. So That's a rabbit hole we will uh, have to come back to. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, but that's, it, but it's so true. So I think that as we come to the table and like talk with somebody who like comes, you know, once again, is like, well, yeah, but we don't do that that way in my church or whatever. I think it's good to kind of come back and say, yeah. okay, cool. Well, like we're both on the same journey. Like, and then, and, and like you said, five years ago, I thought that yeah. I've got, I mean, I'm only 42 and I've got plenty of the, Ooh, I actually thought that mm-hmm. like five or six mm-hmm. years ago. And I mm-hmm. don't think that now. Sometimes I'll get my Facebook memories pop up. From when I was in high school, and I'm like, Ooh, that oh, didn't well. no, it didn't. Yeah. Well, listen, I know that this is this is actually a. We probably could spend more time in this, and we're probably going to come back and revisit it because yeah. there's some like really. I, I'd be interested to have some some guests on here yeah. that are more theologically kind of founded, and actually like watch one of those conversations like pan out between somebody who's like, you know, maybe like a, like a Protestant, you know, priest or whatever, or, you know, minister. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a, like a Catholic priest or whatever, like, yeah. but get them in the same room together. And then maybe like, see what that conversation looks like. Because I think that, um, I do believe that there would be a lot of value in just hearing, you know, what, what those things are and like how to have some of those conversations. Yeah. But in the end, recognizing like, Hey, you know what? Like you got, you got the way you guys do stuff. We got the way we do stuff here. But guess what? Like, we're still worshiping the creator of the universe. Right. Like, we're we're still, we're on the same team. Yes, right? we are. Yeah. But that also comes back to the idea of, like, the global church that we often miss out on. 
Um, I also, in, I, we could, once again, this could be an hour long episode, but I also think that we need to be really careful of, you know, looking at the global church and then not westernizing it. Like we're, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, like, well, there are so many things that we do here in the church in America that no other churches do, but we believe that that is the way that it has to be done. And, And some of it, some of it is generational. Some of it is, you know, whatever, but there's those differences. Right. And we need to always remember, no, 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 no. It is not about my church. It's about the church. And if you, I I think that we have done a really, I think overall as people like general, we have done a really poor job of managing the gift that God gave us with the church. And I think in a lot of ways, we turned it into something that it shouldn't be. And one of the ways that it's turned into something that it shouldn't be is the fact that we've become so uh, segmented and so somewhat defensive about how we choose to practice what we believe. Well, you know, you you talked about the global church, and I think that's a very good uh, um, way to think about it. And I think, once again, when the devil divides us and all these denominations that have conflict, we aren't going to achieve the things that the global church could achieve yeah. like when people non-believers come to me and say oh you don't believe in god well how come all these people starve in the world if the two point plus billion christians under one global church work together there would not be world hunger because that we could solve that problem we don't have to rely on anyone else right but because we're one third of the global population right so but the devil knows by dividing us on all these different ways that we're not going to achieve big things and without unity. And so, you know, I always love when people ask those kind of crazy questions. And I'm like, well, you, you realize that that is a solvable problem. <laughs> like this world hunger is not a, uh, you know, it's not a staple. It doesn't have to be right. I mean, um, look at um, Microsoft, right? Uh, Bill Gates and what what he donated and helped solving what we thought would be a world problem forever, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it just took funds and focus and energy and like we can get a lot of those problems solved. Well, but it also, yes, the the tools are there, but it also is the heart state, right? So it's this idea that it's, it's not so much that I mean, we have the numbers and stuff like that, but it's the world would be a better place if everybody lived like Jesus anyway, right? Because then everyone would put everybody else before themselves all the time in everything. What? First John three sixteen, right? right? Yeah. Well, listen, um, I appreciate you, you know, coming to the table with this stuff. I know that, um, you know, this may not seem like it's a problem for some people, but I've had plenty of conversations with people who really struggle with the different, how different things play out in different, yeah. you know, denominations and how it doesn't need to be like that. Um, but I think that this is another area where we can love people really well. Yeah. I think that especially because at the root of it, we're Christ followers and we're coming to the table as Christ followers. So that means that there shouldn't be anything that we can't work through. Well, and this is literally the, the point of our podcast and the passage that we're reading out of, right? Jesus says, love each other as, as I've loved you. And this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. Like 
this is it. <laughs> and it's almost more difficult because it's like, I mean, I say this as an only child, but I imagine it's what fighting with your siblings is like. Like from, from what I understand from people with siblings, y'all get into the nastiest fights with each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially what it is. We can get, we as Christians can get into the nastiest fights with other Christians. About minor details instead of the right. global mission. Right. It's the equivalent of, well, you were wearing my shirt yesterday. Okay. I mean, you listen, there's some like battle stories of pastors who changed their oh. worship style. Oh. Hmm. who went from <laughs> you know well we're going to go from traditional to pipe organ to you know what is called contemporary or whatever and <laughs> <laughs> well i i mean i wasn't in the middle of a lot of it but yeah. I've, I've heard the stories from yeah. people who were in it and it just got so nasty and it's like once again it's people that believe that their preferences are the absolute truth right. and that's just not the way that god designed the church to be and by the way god designed the church to change because it's people and people change like God designed like that's gonna be a part of it like people think that like I've had somebody who's who told me like well worship if it you know if it isn't a certain way then it's not well what I'll, I'll bring it home <laughs> <laughs> I love my dad my dad and I have a great relationship he's awesome his name is Rick just like me I know that he listens to this podcast, but my dad, when I was a teenager, we were listening. I was a teenager when like Christian music blew up where it wasn't just like two or three bands where it was like DC talk made Jesus oh. freak and the Newsboys and, um, you know, Christian ska, like all these different things. And my dad, we were driving the car one day and I remember I put on one of my Christian like rock albums and he looked at me and he said, electric guitars are not honoring God. I said that. And, you know, I was like kind of blown away because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is still worship music. Like, this is still like honoring God, even though the instruments may be different. And then, like, as I got older, I realized, like, do you know that there were people in a church somewhere that when they said, hey, we want to bring a piano in, they were like, nope, mm -hmm. nope, there is no place in that church for a piano. It can only be people singing. That should be the only instrument that's allowed. Yeah. Or no, it can only be a harp or what, you know, like fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. There's always been that instance of, well, that doesn't belong here until yeah. it becomes part of whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that anytime we do that, here's the, here's a final thought. And if, if you guys want to add anything to it, then that's great. But here's what I think a great final thought is that when we start looking at other, like how other religions or other um, denominations do stuff and we say well, you can't do it like that or you shouldn't do it like that isn't that us just putting god in a box isn't that us just saying well sorry god only likes this this and this and you can only do this this and this i'm sorry if it isn't a pipe organ and it isn't a full choir and if it isn't you know a worship director and people with their hymnals open i'm sorry that's the only thing that god likes to hear and anything else god hates it Right? Isn't that making just such an assumption about who God is? And... It very much reminds me of, I believe Jesus has just healed someone on the Sabbath. And I think the religious leaders kind of get on him about it. And he says, was, was, uh, was the man, was man made for the Sabbath or was Sabbath made for man? 
because they had set up so many, so many, God had already set yep. up the rules for the Sabbath. And then just culturally, there were all these other rules and expectations for the Sabbath that got put on. And they were maybe put on out of this heart for preserving the Sabbath. But, and, and so like people who say it can only be with the organ, it's oftentimes comes out of a place of reverence. Right. But it can, it can become unbeating. Well, I would just end with like the, the tools that we, we reviewed were, you know, having some macro vision about some big picture things going back to your overall premise, which is we all love God mm -hmm. and we all know Jesus came to save us. And then uh, the other uh, tool was humility and trying to, you know, not sweat the, the, the winning an argument or being correct or and not sweat the small things, focus on the big, the bigger picture. And I, I think those are some takeaways for today and, and Rick I want to thank you for uh leading the discussion lots yeah. of great questions yeah no it was it was uh good I'm glad that we we tackled this subject and once again we'll be coming back to it because I know that there's probably going to be some other things that kind of spring out of this it's good conversations but yeah Sam and Sarah thanks for joining today glad we could have this conversation uh make sure you subscribe uh we are on Spotify on Apple Podcasts we're on YouTube um is that all of them iHeartRadio iHeartRadio oh, yes. yeah look at that so please subscribe um, and we'd love to hear from you too. So please, you know, post comments on wherever we just, yeah. Follow you know, us are on grateful. Instagram. yeah, we're grateful awesome. that you're listening to us. Yeah. Have a good one. Right. Thank you. Bye.